Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Tomorrow's 420. You got all your joints rolled up. You ready to go? You ready for the big day? I just did some research. I thought dank was bad. Apparently dank is good. Dank is good. Swag dank is good. Bad. It's like pig pen from the peanuts. How he always had a cloud around him. Yeah. This was a cloud of dank. The happiest place on earth is a dispensary. I don't know why they call it dispensary. I just call it a weed shop. Chris knows where to get good weed. Puff, puff, fast. Did your good wife fun. ever find yeah, out yeah, that yeah, you uh, have it in my phone. that you partook in some activities out there? Nope. Nope. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Stop talking about it. Oh, 420. We are allowed to talk about the weed. We aren't allowed to mention it. It's Hitler's birthday. Something. <laughs> Pete Demolitis planted in our brains yesterday and told us just before the show not to mention today. That was your first mistake of the morning. Pete, it's PFT Lives. Sirius XM 85, Peacock, Sky Sports Action, and also podcast, wherever, whenever, however you get your podcast. Look, we did all the 420 talk yesterday, so I don't really think it matters today. Although today, a different type of 420, a day that will be remembered forever as the day they finally took down the rest of the legacy blue checks on Twitter. Oh, today's now, that day, I too? I saw they're doing it manually. Man. So today's apparently the day oh, that they're going to no. be working really hard what will we under do? the influence of legal products wherever the headquarters is. I think the head- headquarters is in a state where it is legal. So, yeah, what, <laughs> I look, I never asked for the blue check. I don't know about you. Mine just showed up. Oh, and oh yeah, I'm the I same don't, way see it as something that is critical to the value of Twitter to me. Now, I don't care about having it on my own account, but it is useful to know yeah, you're not getting who's duped. real and who's not real. Right, right. Yeah. So, so all the people who are real, who, as a matter of principle, not a matter of being cheap, refuse to give a multi-billionaire $8 a month, for a little blue circle, those folks aren't going to have a blue check, but then all the people who are willing to pay eight bucks a month will. So what does that blue check even mean? That, that's what I, it gets I don't, turned on its head. That's what I it's don't gonna get. It's going to confuse everybody. I agreed. I, I, it's clearly a money grab. Yeah, obviously. It's clearly a money grab. Obviously. The guy, the guy bought something that he shouldn't have bought for way too much money, and now he's trying to figure out how to monetize it. And I think he's preying upon people who aren't very smart, People who think there's some status to having that blue check, that it means something, and it's quickly going to mean nothing. And it's going to make it harder for people to truly get the most out of the platform because they're going to find themselves fooled by fake, phony fraud accounts. The exact thing that that, that he claimed he was trying to eradicate yeah, is going to make it right. worse. Oh, yeah. All in an Looks effort like 
to try to generate money from this free public platform that and I look, hey, you know, when you first start a business like that, I get it. You want to grow the traffic. You want to make it significant. You want to make it as big as it can be. And then you get to a point where it's like, all right, we've got to make money off of this thing, especially because we've grown it to a point where our monthly cost to keep the thing going is astronomical. How do we make money? How do we make money? Well, charging people for a meaningless little blue circle, I don't think is the way to do it. And I think they've realized it's not working. And and I've almost felt like they're trying to back out of this. Seems like that approach. too. Right. But today's the day, they say. Okay. And they said it as recently as yesterday. Today's the day that the blue check goes away. Man, what will we do without the blue check? I don't know. I mean, you're right. It could confuse things, whatever. I don't live on social media Uh, so I'm not really worried about it either way. In fact, I never would be on social media really in general for the most part, you know, especially me personally, other than just work stuff. I mean, there's no like life stuff. I'm not going to show inside looks of how my life is on a Saturday afternoon. I don't think I'm important enough. I don't care enough. Uh, I'm sick of Elon Musk. Okay. His car, I, like I told you, it's got glitches. I wish he would just shut up. Okay. So there's, that's a soft, uh, a sensitive subject for me. All right. I want to go back to the 420 talk. That was more fun. And I want to point out that it seems like you like weed more than me from that opening. You're the one that's bringing it up more than me these days. You sure you're not a little like undercover Cheech and Chong down there in the barn? You just haven't told us about it lately? (laughs) No, I think it's just a manifestation of the fact that it's not legal here. I am eligible for a medical card. Do it. I've been too lazy to fill out the appropriate paperwork. I think it would help my Crohn's because I know. I've told you this yeah, before. Yeah, I know. When I am feeling the the, the, you, the gastrointestinal discomfort, if I go down to the barn and light up a cigar. tobacco cigar, right? Oh, it yeah. works in like five minutes or no, less. No, you need to do it's it. It's amazing. You need to do it. It is. It's, it's easy. You, you said it before. The weed store, the dispensary, it's a great spot. I went yesterday. I had to make sure I loaded up for the weekend and got ready to go for 420. Got some of my best, my favorite stuff, too, for this weekend. So I'm, I'm excited for today. And, uh, you know, screw the blue check. I'm going to smoke it into oblivion this afternoon and not even worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I made this observation yesterday on Twitter while we still do have a blue check. Right. Today probably isn't the best day no. to convince people to <laughs> no, use discretionary income right. on a blue check. <laughs> I, I think that timing, I think bad that, timing. That people are going to be spending their money on other things today. <laughs> yeah. And look, here here's here's my my concern is that what they're going to be doing goes deeper than than just the little blue check, that they're going to rig the algorithms that you have to be paying the $8 a month to have people see your stuff. I mean, I don't care. we got 1.9 million followers. But I wonder, you know, because sometimes you pile them up more quickly and sometimes you don't. Like, what are they doing there? What buttons are they pressing to make it harder for you to have your stuff seen by people who may want to see it? And isn't that what it's all supposed to be about? Serving up things to people that... They truly want to see. I know now when I go to the topic called for you, it's just a bunch of crap I don't care about, especially yeah. and including the tweets directly from Elon Musk that seem to show up constantly, even though I'm not following the guy because I don't care what some multi-billionaire who thinks he's going to solve the world's social media problems in one fell swoop thinks about anything. I just don't care. So yeah. that's why I don't follow him. Doesn't he have SpaceX launch who, today? What they say. I don't care. So why follow them? Yeah. That's what it's supposed to be. It's right. not supposed to be the playground to mollify the ego of somebody. Well, who that's what it's become growing up. Uh, well, that's it's become that it's become that's that's how he uses it. Certainly, you know, and uh, yeah, that's what's frustrating about it. And uh, it's a great tool, Twitter, in a lot of ways. It's absolutely a horrible tool as well. And I could certainly argue that that. And that is a downfall of society over the last 10 years and Twitter and in and, and a lot of ways with morals and integrity and the way people treat each other. All of it. I think we could look at Twitter. I would not shed a tear on 420 if Twitter exploded and went away today forever. I would love that. Hey, look, I, I would not shed a single tear if Twitter completely and totally imploded. I'm staying on it. I'm not going to make some principled stand. Yeah, and say, I got you. I'm not going to use it because. Our audience benefits from it. That's right. And plenty of people in our audience 
or on Twitter. I'm not going to to do the walk out the door. I've got to have the presence there. But if it just went away, see you later. Yeah. We'll be fine without Twitter. And if this guy wants to drive it off the cliff, that's his prerogative. He paid the $44 billion. He can do whatever he wants. But it is kind of bad business for him to handle it the way he has. And I wonder what the end game really is for what he's doing. Before we pivot to the news of the day, I want to share one thing that I was working on just before the show. And I don't know how many people in the media pay attention to this show, probably more than we'll admit, but probably not as many as I would like. Eh. But regardless, regardless, I I think you got a lot. I think you got a lot of people that pay attention and they're haters on you. And then they don't, they act like they don't pay attention, but they're paying attention. Well, I, I, I know that one hater out there is Brady Quinn, and I don't know why. I don't know what ever did to Brady Quinn, but I've heard enough over the years that he talks shit from time to time on his show that's on the same time we're on, and that's fine. I don't, I don't harbor any animosity. I, don't, I really don't care. I'm at the age where I don't care what you think about me. It doesn't affect my day-to-day life. I'm far more concerned about my generator malfunctioning and burning down my house than I care about what someone thinks of me. But Brady Quinn's gotten himself into this pickle with C.J. Stroud. I don't know if you saw this. A little bit. Quinn was on some CBS Sports podcast. And and I want to be fair to him because he's pushing back on the context of his comments. He was asked, why is it that C.J. Stroud could be dropping as we get closer to the draft? So in his effort to articulate a reason, one of the things he pointed to was the fact that he'd been told C.J. Stroud had committed to attend the Manning Passing Academy and ghosted them, just didn't show up. And the Mannings are football royalty, and you don't do that to them. So that's one of the explanations that Quinn tendered. Ryan Clark reacted negatively. Ryan Clark says, hey, he didn't know show. He chose to work out with his Ohio State teammates, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a factual dispute here. And here's sure. all I want to say about it. Yeah. Two things. One – If he's dropping as we get closer to the draft, the truth is the media has viewed him more highly than the teams have, and now the media is catching up. That's the only explanation for a guy dropping a week away from the draft. That's it. Because anything that did or didn't happen with the Manning Passing Academy happened last year. Yeah, it has no effect on anything. And this is why I I always get a little, like, and you've probably noticed this body language from me when you'll share something you've heard from someone Especially on something like this. Not that you've ever done this. Because I think you have the compass that tells you, I probably shouldn't say this if I don't know it for sure. Right. Just because someone tells you something doesn't make it true. true. And before an analyst plays part-time reporter, for something like that, you better be damn sure it's true. That's right. You better vet it. It can't just be something I heard from this person or something I heard from that person. There's too many people with agendas, too many people with biases. Too many people trying to engineer and use the media to reach a certain outcome. And regardless of that, just because you heard somebody say something doesn't mean it's actually true. Before you utter those words, even if you're asked the question, because his defense is, I was simply asked, why could he be falling? And, well, I don't know. I heard this. You don't just blurt it out there unless you're pretty damn sure it's accurate. That, that can lead to all sorts of problems, up to and including a $787.5 million settlement. If you just blurt shit out of your mouth that you've heard somewhere, that you haven't bothered to confirm whether or not it's true. Right. So I'd like to think this week of all weeks, we've learned a lesson about just blurting things out that we think may be true without doing anything to confirm whether or not they are true. Anyway, that's... Yeah. That's, I don't know what it has to do with anything right there. C.J. Stroud, the Manning Academy. Our teams aren't going, oh, gosh, oh, wow, oh, man. Hey, disrespected the Mannings. Man, we got to drop them. You just don't do that. That's not the reason. That's definitely not. I don't know what that's got to do with it. I got a lot of respect for Brady. I mean, I think he does a great job on the Fox pregame show, all of that, right? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know where he was trying to go with that. I haven't seen the total context of the quote either, so I don't want to judge too harshly either. But, you know, your point uh, as far as an analyst goes, and that is kind of my rule, you know, with, with – when, when you're going to report or anything like that, and I've done that a few times here on our show over the years, right? You know, I, it's, it's, it's got to be multiple. I hear things all the time, and I'm not going to say them 
Okay, or then maybe I might bring them out at some point in the show, but it goes, okay, wait, wait, I heard this, and now I've heard it. It's two, three weeks later, and I've heard it from two or three other people I trust around football. I'm going to start saying it on the show and talking a little bit about it. That's kind of how I work. That but, usually, but Yeah, go ahead. Right, but, but here's the key. Yeah. We all need to have a barometer or thermometer or a compass or whatever that just activates – when one of these things we've heard, if we repeat it, is going to cast someone in a negative light. That's when the obligation should arise before you start throwing it out there. And look, I've learned all this over time. 20 years ago, did I know this? No. You, 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 sometimes it's trial and error. Sometimes you, you learn a craft by doing it the wrong way. But after 23 years of doing it, I can confidently say that I've gotten to the point where when I hear something, I can run it through a filter for a variety of reasons. And one of the filters is if I repeat this, if I report this, if I say this, does this cast someone in a negative light? Yeah, sure. So I better be sure that it's accurate or at a minimum, I better ask that person to respond. Sure. What is your response to this? Do you have a response to this before I just blurt it out? You know, when a couple of weeks ago, the whole Terry McDonough stuff was coming up with the Cardinals, constantly asking the Cardinals, what's your response to this? When Ron Miniger, the former COO of the team, went on the record with us, with his facts slash opinions that corroborate some of the things McDonough is saying, ran it by the Cardinals. What's your response on this? Anytime any of us in the media are going to be saying anything that we heard that's going to cast someone in a remotely negative light, we have an obligation. As just a basic matter of right and wrong, not are you going to get sued or not sued, but just basic right and wrong to run it by someone if it's going to make them look bad. And I'd like to think we all, as adults, as humans, I don't know, maybe some people don't, have that basic inner ability to just have that flag go up. Wait a minute. This is probably something that's going to make somebody look bad. Yeah. I, I better not just pass this along. Whatever the context. Right. Oh, I was just answering a question. I don't care. You still have to suppress that thing that's going to come out of your mouth that may make someone look bad if you haven't done your homework on whether or not it's true. Yeah. No. That's I, all I, I'm saying. I, I agree with you 100%. 100%. It's, it's, uh, you got to be delicate when you got a microphone in front of you. You got to make sure, you know, yeah, you are. You can be affecting people's lives, and especially when it's something that, yeah, negative or controversial or whatever. Yeah, you better have it right, and you better be careful what you say, and and be fair to to all parties that are that are involved. Also, Mike, with this conversation too, with the C.J. Stroud thing. Listen, like you said, like oh, the, you know, maybe the rest of the media and everybody's catching up. I, I don't think C, this has anything to do with C.J. Stroud on field. I don't. There, there's no way you can look at the film and go, oh, Will Levis is better than C.J. Stroud. It's not. Everything I hear with the C.J. Stroud conversation and why he might be falling or there's a few, t- whatever, it's, it's the person stuff. And again, you know me, I don't get into all that. I just watch film and do that. Yeah. But everything I hear in the but world that stuff's is that. already out there. No, no, it's, got, right. it's just My coming to is, a fold here now. The draft. Right. I, but but are, are they really doing their work this late in the process? No, that but that's coming out now. No, it isn't new, but it's coming. That part of it's coming that's, out now, right? Right. right. So my point is, the media is catching up with the people who are paid, whose careers sure. ride, whose ability to pay their mortgages hinge on making these decisions. They've known all this stuff. You focused on the film. People are looking at the film, looking at the play. We don't have access to it. We don't have the reason to do it. That's not our job. Think about it. There are people, multiple people in every NFL organization whose job is solely to do research on these guys. They've known this stuff. So now it's starting to catch up. The guy is falling. No, he never should have been as high as he was if any of this stuff is valid. I see Pete put in here that Mike Lombardi was saying that some view, view Stroud is difficult to coach. Yeah, there's some of that. Questions. There's like that kind of I, stuff. I, I, yeah. I, 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 what's bad about asking questions? I mean, do oh. they really are, are are football coaches still so freaking rock headed? Yeah. That they just want someone who's going to be an automaton times, and yeah. not ask any questions. Then you get what you deserve. When right. you get fired in three years and you're going to blame somebody else for it, you get what you deserve for being a Neanderthal and not welcoming curiosity. How can we not 
not want curiosity? Well, Why would yeah. we not want people right. to ask questions? Yeah. They ask the there question, we answer the question. That's right. What's wrong with having an active brain that manifests itself in asking questions? No, I'm, I'm with you, Mike. It, it, I, honestly, it, it seems like a little bit of a, you know, I don't know, a hit job with C.J. Stroud to a degree. And really what happens with these situations, right, Mike? The film, everybody watches the film or whatever, you know, the coaches involved, and they could have C.J. Stroud right up there with Bryce Young. But then it goes, okay, let's sit down. We're going to have draft meetings, right? And then it gets into now, wait, we're getting nitpicky here. It's the number one guy, the number two guy, the number three guy. It's really close. Our grades are all close. It's all close with all these guys. And then that's where it starts to get into, you know, well, hey, let's start going through some of the personality stuff, right? And then that starts to come up. And then, oh, well, oh, yeah, okay, well, I, man, I like C.J. Stroud, the player, but, ooh, that scares me. So let's move, him down the, let's move him down the board to the sixth spot now instead of number two where we had him. So those conversations have all just started to happen within the last 10 days, right? And that's what's starting to filter out or whatever else through people, and that's where – yeah, it's, you know, fair, unfair, you know, agendas, whatever else. I don't know. We see this every year with a quarterback or two, uh, and it seems like it's just kind of, you know, hitting C.J. Stroud down there in the home stretch here. And here's the reality. One, there will be teams out there that would love nothing more than to have C.J. Stroud available pick. So there's traffic in the negative. There is a Machiavellian element to this. You spread the negative because you want him there. You want him to be on your team. How do I get him to fall to number whatever? I'm not even going to pick a random number because I don't want to suggest any specific team is doing it, but it happens. And then the flip side is, if you really don't like a guy, you start spreading all sorts of good stuff. So somebody, some sucker drafting higher than you, will burn a pick on a guy you don't want, pushing the guys you do want, farther down the board that is baked into the draft process and the other thing chris is this and it's as simple as agents and this is why we've said in the past one of the reasons lamar jackson fell to number 32 he had no one defending him against the bullcrap that yeah. the agents put out there right. and he had no agent spreading bullcrap about the other quarterbacks yeah you've got will levis represented by caa you've got cj stroud represented by athletes first right and if we started digging at tentacles, I don't well, I don't know. I haven't vetted it, so I'm not going to say it. But but I know that it's a real dynamic where the agents get involved and the agents start planning this stuff. Sure. So CAA agents representing Will Levis would have reason to say to someone like a Brady Quinn, "Hey, did you hear what you hear what happened at the Manning Passing Academy?" And then it's out there. And the agents representing C.J. Stroud have reason to say something negative about Will Levis, and then it's out there. That's part of it, too. So you have certain teams with agendas, you have agents with agendas, and that's why all this stuff, you got to be careful Definitely. when you hear something that may cast someone in a negative light. Uh, agreed. A hundred percent. It's it's that time of the year. And I hear and get things all the time this time of the year and just go, oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, hey, yeah. Ha, ha. I heard that, too. You know, I mean, it's just there, there's a lot of that crap going on. I don't know what to believe there. You know, there's only a few people I really, really trust that I just go, okay, they're telling me this. This is real. The rest of it, yeah, vetted, got to hear it more, whatever. But, yeah, agendas are are at the top of the highest priority for all these NFL teams right now. And this is a crucial last week, especially for those teams in the top ten. Yeah, a little hype, a little negativity, whatever. Uh, it can sway some things, public perception, whatever there. Might might get a guy to fall two, three spots to where, oh, wait, now I got him. Uh, so all that's going on for sure. It's funny. I, I don't get nearly as much of that as I used to in large part because when I get it, I say, I don't care. They I'm gave up. It. Right. I'm not right, using it. Right. You can tell me all you want. I'm not, I am not using that because I know or I just sense. You know, after doing it over and over and over again, you, you know, you know, the trends repeat themselves. The cycles come back around and it happens every year. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. It's been three years since Tuatonga Bailoa was in the draft pool, and he had an eventful 2022 with at least two concussions, possibly three. The last one nobody knew about until the day after. That happened Christmas Day in the game against the Green Bay Packers. Started strong for the Dolphins, fell apart in the second half. At some point, his head struck the turf, as it did multiple times last year, and he was diagnosed with a concussion. He met with reporters yesterday in connection with the launch of the Dolphins' offseason program, and he was asked pointedly, did you consider walking away from football after that most recent concussion? Here's his answer. Yeah, I, I think I, I considered it, um, you know, for for a time, um, having sat down with my family, um, having sat down with my wife, and having those kind of kind of conversations. But uh, really, it it would be hard for me to to, to walk away from from this game with with how old I am with I mean with my my son I I always dreamed of growing you know playing as long as I could to where my son knew exactly what you know he was watching his his dad do and um yeah I mean it it's it's my health it's my body it, you know and I I feel like this is what's best for me and 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 my family so I mean, I, I love the game of football. You know, if I didn't, I would have quit a long time. And look, he's got every right to do it as long as he's clear. The concern I have at a certain point, he's not going to find a doctor who will clear him to continue to play. But once he's cleared, he's got the right to assume the risk of further head injuries by continuing to play in the National Football League. We are a nation that was founded by risk takers. That's it was right. a rebellion. It was a revolt right. against the government. Sure. We have people in every walk of life who take physical risks with their bodies every day for a lot less money than what Tua Tonga Bailoa makes, whether it's part of their job or whether it's part of their hobby, jumping out of an airplane, rock climbing, driving around on a motorcycle without a helmet. People have the right to take those risks. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness includes the ability to make bad decisions or decisions to put yourself at some sort of peril, consciously or unconsciously. You can do that. He can do it. He has every right to continue to play his career. And unless and until no doctor will clear him, he can continue to keep playing as long as he wants and as long as the team will have him. The one reality, though, is, Chris, if you keep missing time due to concussions, even if you keep coming back, even if you keep getting cleared, there is going to be a point where that's part of the evaluation of the player. Hey, he's good when he's here, but he's not here enough. Sure. We need a guy who's going to be here enough. A guy, you know, all things being equal, we'll take the guy who can suit up and play every week. Right. I, I think I, I think that's a real concern. I think it's already on everybody's radar, that, that point you just made right there. Right. I, I think there's a part of it that it's on the Dolphins radar. I think there was that's why there was, you know, early on in the offseason, a kind of like of, a, you know, you know, there were some thoughts out there that maybe they, they would do something else at quarterback or get somebody else because you're not sure where it might go with Tua altogether. You know, I think that's why people even thought, you know, the Lamar Jackson thing to Miami might happen. Wait, can Tua really play in the NFL and play a 17 game season? He, he hasn't gotten close yet to doing that. So, you know, those things are there. But this is where, you know, the human element and Tua, who I know he loves football. I mean, you know it. You could see it. You know, it, it, it permeates through his body and his actions and everything there. And then when you couple in the person, personal stuff, you know, it's hard to tell. Personal stuff, what I mean is like, yeah, he's had a dream of this his whole life here, it sounds like. 
wanted to play in the NFL with his kid growing up, being a part of it. So there's a lot of things going on here uh, that are at play. Uh, and, of course, he's making a living and being paid handsomely for that to support his family. And that's where it's going to be a you know a fine line here of you know this whole concussion thing and everything and telling grown men when they can play and when they can't play and all that. You know, it, it's an interesting discussion nonetheless. But, yeah, he's a little bit in dangerous territory. And uh, you see he loves the game and he wants to play it. But he's, he's got to be careful. He definitely does. Bottom line, he has the right to continue to make the decision to well, play football yeah. as long as he wants. But at some point, someone else may make the decision for him, right. whether it's a doctor who says no more or whether it's a team that says, sorry, we need somebody that can play every game, somebody who isn't going to be striking his head on the turf and getting a concussion, and then we have to move on to plan B, and then plan B isn't any good. We move on to plan C, and the next thing you know, we're not as good of a team as we want to ultimately be. That's just the reality. Now, earlier in the offseason, GM Chris Greer said that, and I want to make sure I get this right, if I recall it correctly, it was something along the lines of the fact that Tua's had these concussions doesn't put him at risk of having future concussions, that he's healthy, he's fine, and it doesn't enhance the risk. Yeah, it goes back to ground zero is what they're saying. Yeah, I don't don't know. I I always have a hard time believing that. It doesn't enhance the risk. Yeah, okay. And, And look, I'd say that's separate and apart from the risk that seems to be enhanced that this guy's susceptible to concussions because he strikes his head against the turf because the physics aren't on his side. We're going to talk about that angle coming up. I think that is undeniable. Whether or not he's had these past concussions will make it more likely for him to have future concussions. We'll see. But Tua was asked about that yesterday, whether he's gotten that same message, and he shared another piece of information he got from neurologists that helped contribute to his decision to keep playing. Here he is. They also told me that CTE wasn't going to be a, a problem. It's it's only when you're constantly, you know, hitting your head against uh, something. So it, you know, I, I, I think that that tailors more towards, you know, uh, linebackers, O-linemen, D-linemen, guys that are, you know, constantly, you know, going at it. Um, so... It you know that also played into the factor of you know my decision making and wanting to come back and play. Now this is a prime example, in my opinion, Chris, of people hearing what they want to yeah, hear definitely. to support what they want right. to do. I think you're more likely to get CTE if you have constant, repetitive, subconcussive trauma. We've heard about that over and over again. They're trying to take the helmet out of the game for that reason. Constant banging of the helmets at the snap of the football. Quarterbacks don't get hit in the head as often as offensive linemen, defensive linemen, and linebackers. But there's still a risk of CTE. When they study the brains of former football players, the number is 91.7% of those that have been studied. 376 former NFL players have had their brains studied by the Boston University CTE Center, and 345 have been diagnosed with CTE, 91.7%. I don't think they were all offensive linemen, defensive linemen, and linebackers. So, again, he's looking for a way to justify his choice. And don't we all do that? When there's something we want to do, what do we start doing? We start asking our friends for their opinions, and we cherry-pick the words that our friends use that support the thing we want to do. Even if the full balance of the commentary would lead to, you probably shouldn't do that thing, we cling to the one thing that meshes with justification for what we want to do. That's human nature. I'm not faulting Tua for it. The guy wants to play. He's cleared to play. He can hear what he wants to hear. He can act on what he wants to act on. And he can tell himself he's not at risk for CTE, even if he really is. Yeah, no, well, that's, you know, again, that's part of the delusional aspect of NFL football players. You know, we're we're good at that. We are. Just kind of, that's why a lot of, you know, a lot of us were in the NFL. We're stubborn and had such a one-track mind that we could overcome obstacles. And nope, I'm going to be that. I'm going to be that. I'm going to be that. So that plays into it. The love of the game plays into it, right? He's, he's 
on a team right now where it's like, oh my gosh, who wouldn't want to be a quarterback in the Miami Dolphins right now? It might be the most fun team to be a quarterback of of anybody in football. Mike McDaniel, the weapons they got around, it's Florida, there's no bad weather, we can just throw the ball around the lot all the time. So, I mean, he's got everything right here. So I certainly didn't expect him to walk away easily. I didn't. You know, now it's just, yes, what can he do to further himself and condition himself to being hit? And that's a thing with quarterbacks. It is. Because quarterbacks, you know, it used to be, it's, it's the worst thing in the world, Mike, when you play that, you know, for the superstars, that first regular season game and they didn't play any of the preseason, right? And then they get hit a lot. That next morning is like, whoa. I, you know, I, I was a guy, and I know my career, I didn't play a ton, but I wanted to play in the preseason. One, I needed the reps. Two, I wanted to be hit a few times. I wanted to kind of condition my body and my brain and everything to like, oh, wait, I'm going to wake up the next day. Oh, wait, when I throw and get hit like this, okay, I just – you got to get used to that stuff. And as a quarterback, yeah, you don't get a lot of opportunities to do that. And all of a sudden it's just like, whoa, wait, we're going and it's full speed and everybody's used to getting hit and I haven't been hit yet. And that's where, you know, you can fall into troubles and hopefully he can strengthen his body and his core and all the things he needs to to lessen those blows to the head to the ground like we saw last year. That's coming up. We'll get to that in a second. Before yeah. we do that, we're going to play a clip that I'm a little bit torn on whether to even play it because I don't like the message it sends to kids out there. And I know that sounds a little melodramatic, but listen to what he had to say about how close he was to playing in the playoffs, and then I'll explain on the back end okay. why it makes me just a little queasy as to the message it sends generally to aspiring football players. Have a listen. Were you close to playing in the playoffs, or was that not a possibility? I I am not not sure. Um, I was going through my process um, with with Kyle and uh, just trying to do everything I could to get better, um, but. At any point, whenever you know they, the team, you know Mike or or Greer would have approached me and asked me if I were ready. There's no question, no doubt in my mind that I would have would have stepped up to the plate and answered the call. See, this is troubling from the standpoint of the culture of football, and we hear from time to time when an established, entrenched star quarterback taps out of a game and says, I may have a concussion. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger did that in 2014. And people thought that, oh, well, this is the, the pivot point And everybody in football now is going to suddenly put their hand in the air when they think, no, no. There's only a small handful of guys who have no concern whatsoever about saying, I can't play anymore today. And I have no qualms about my backup entering the game in place of me because I know I'm not going to get Wally pipped. I mean, part, and this is the, this is the very delicate balance you want to be ready to answer the call, but when you're talking about brain health, there's no call to be answered. This isn't about trying to fight through a shoulder injury. This isn't about trying to find a way to run on a hamstring that has been tweaked and you're going to do what you can to gut it out. This isn't about playing in pain. This is about knowing when you should not put a helmet on and go out on the football field. That's what made me queasy about that. Because it goes to the very culture of football, and it's something that the NFL and every other level of the sport is still going to have a hard time dealing with. Yeah, because guys want to play. That's especially right. Especially guys who have yet to establish themselves yep. on that short list of guys who can voluntarily walk away from a game to get checked out for a concussion or stay out of another game because he has a concussion and watch somebody else take his job. Yeah, exactly. All those factors play into it. A hundred percent. Let alone, I mean. It's just, again, it's, it's football players want to play football. Back to, like, yes, they're psychos in a good way. This is their passion. This is what they want to do, right? So it just, it's, 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 it is. It's hard, right? I mean, we just talked about a guy yesterday on that same very field that Tua, and we had that scary moment, almost was dead on the field. And he's like, I'm coming back to play. Yep, my heart stopped in a game, and I don't give a damn. I'm coming to play because I love football, and that's what I do. So it is, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a, you know, a gift and a curse there from a football player. You know, DeMar Hamlin, Tua Tagovailoa, I was in the situation you were in with my spleen. We're 0-2, right? Things were bad. You know, I was just starting to establish myself. And added on to that, I was a psycho and the son of Phil Sims, and, you know, watched him play for Bill Parcells and suck it up and go play football. That is the culture. You're right. 
and it's tough. And it's tough to tell a grown man, too, who goes, wait, no, I feel good and I want to play that he can't play. That, that's where, you know, it, it is. And I know it, it's scary and concerning, but it also shows you how much he loves the game. And, yes, that's where we got to find this line in the NFL culture, the world, the medical, all of it to where, you know, we can find the line of protecting a guy and, you know, still letting him play. But I, I don't know where that line is, and, and I think we're in the process of still finding it out. The flip side of what he said yesterday came during Super Bowl week when he said the Dolphins never allowed me to go through the concussion protocol normally until after the season was over. They were protecting me from myself there, and my family. Very nice. Really thankful for the Dolphins. So there's there's some mixed messaging there. And it would have been helpful if he had said that again yesterday because – and it's – look, it's not his responsibility to send – a message that's going to resonate through the culture of the lower levels of football, but it's an opportunity to do so. And I just think it's something that we should all be sensitive to. The culture needs to be aligned with the idea of not playing until you're properly and fully cleared to play. And this comment from Super Bowl week takes it even a step farther. Yes, he would have been cleared, but they were still protecting him from another potential incident, and also protecting themselves. Chris, this is why I was surprised they picked up the fifth-year option. Yeah, I hear you. This is why I'm surprised they continue to be committed to him. Because for the same reason he doesn't want to be the concussion guy, the Dolphins probably don't want to be the concussion team. Every time his head strikes the turf and he has a concussion, what happens? It's the lead of our show, it's the lead of every show, and it shows up on non-sports shows. Nightly News activates, CBS Evening News activates, ABC, whatever they call their nightly news show, activates. They all become interested in this. And I think at a certain point, there's an element of fatigue and weariness that the Dolphins have. We don't want to be the team that has the guy who gets a concussion once a month on a football field. We want a quarterback that doesn't. That's why I thought they would consider all options. And hey, I like the fact that they're keeping Tua around, and if they can find a way for him to stay healthy and avoid these concussions, the sky's the limit for this team. I get it, but had to be a strong temptation to try to find a guy who's played football for a long time without having that that season like the one we saw from Tua last year where you have at least two, and for those of us with common sense, three concussions. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's, that was a – I almost feel like that decision with Tua was bigger than the Dolphins. I, I wouldn't be shocked that the, yeah, the NFL was involved in that conversation and they wanted to make sure the optics of it, you know, look the right way. They didn't want, oh, hey, it's the first weekend of the playoffs and, oh, hey, star quarterback that everybody likes. Oh, hey, he's down and he's, you know, quivering on the field again because of a concussion. You know, I, I think that was the worst nightmare, and especially when it was only, what, two or three weeks after DeMar Hamlin and all that. So I think it was like, nah, we're not going to let him play. We don't know. But it fights in the it, – it, it goes into the face of some of the comments or the things we said earlier in the show. Well, wait, I thought there was no worries about concussions and being susceptible after a certain point. You know, that's where I, I, I want to say that too and go, well, why didn't you let him play? I mean, the concussion was like six weeks before that. Apparently there's no worry about – you know, post-concussions anymore. It's back to ground zero, and it's totally fine. It's like nothing there. Uh, that's what I want to say in my snarkiness, but well, no, I think the optics of it no, are really no. the biggest thing that's uh, the issue there. I, I, think it's a fair, I think it's a fair observation, given the fact that at the NFL League office, it's so, the VP in charge of health and safety is also the VP in charge of PR. I mean, that doesn't get discussed nearly enough. There should be a firewall between PR and health and safety. In the league office, the same person, Jeff Miller, is in charge of both. And I've mentioned it from time to time, but it really didn't crystallize how much of a problem it is until you were wading through this reality. From a health and safety standpoint, he's good to go. And what are they saying about short week football? Oh, eh, Thursday night, Sunday night. That's what I mean. It's kind of talking out of both sides of their mouth here. Yes, yes. Well, and but but yeah, would it really shock anyone to learn that the league put a little pressure on the Dolphins to make sure this guy is not back on the field in any way, shape, or form this year. We just had DeMar Hamlin die on the field. And they understand that the magnifying glass is so much stronger in the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. This is going to seem like a hard right turn, but 
Jim Nance said this last week on the SI Media podcast with Jimmy Traina about the Tony Romo criticism. It reaches a fever pitch in the playoffs. It's not like they had a bunch of meaningless, slappy games in the regular season. They did the Thanksgiving game that was the most watched game of the regular season, and nobody was like all over Tony Romo. But in the playoffs, everything gets magnified. The audience is bigger. Everything that happens is more scrutinized. So hell yes, somebody somewhere was thinking. Yeah. And and and, and kudos to them for thinking it. We just had this Demar Hamlin thing, right? And we Tua on a Thursday Tua night Tonga early in the year, right? Exactly. Yeah. We we don't need that happening again after he's had two, three concussions this year. We don't need that. We won't have that. Sorry, Dolphins, but there's no way that guy's playing. I don't. I don't think that's some crazy ass conspiracy theory to think that 345's fingerprints oh, weren't over. That this this dynamic he pointed to yes. Super Bowl week that they wouldn't even they wouldn't even let him right. go attempt the protocol. Right. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Well, why not? Why not? If he's cleared, hey, we got this protocol. We brag about it whenever we have to. Hey, this protocol's awesome. Why won't you even let him try? Because we don't want him on the field. No. Because we don't want it to happen again. Because that's the last thing we need right now. And and I'm not saying it's wrong. We're just trying to understand how it happened. Right. I mean, it's probably smart. From the you know greater good of the game, it is the last thing they need. It is yeah. a risk that they shouldn't take. Right. Is it right? Is it fair? Is it proper? Is it fair to the Dolphins? Should Dolphins fans be be happy about the outcome? Probably not. But yeah, no, I they probably would have won if Tua played that game. I mean, they they was there to be had, yeah. you know. Um, but you're right, and I think that brings us back to, you know, I, I'm with you and something you said like ten minutes ago, and we kind of just glossed over it a little bit. Like shocked, like is like almost an understatement that they gave him the fifth year option. I, it really is. I and we're talking about the guy that you know played what twelve games last year, twelve games the year before that. You know, the year before that was you know in and out of the lineup as a rookie or little. It's all been injury related, right? You know that I'm I'm shocked. I mean, he got the guy admitted he didn't work hard enough and wasn't prepared enough, and we just give him the fifth year option. I was shocked by that. I really was. And with the injury history alone, I would have been like, wait, no, let's let's see if we can go through a full year. We just saw what happened with Daniel Jones. It's not like a total negative if you have a quarterback playing in the last year of his contract and he's got to prove himself that he can be the guy for the future. And within that, like Daniel Jones and Tua, he knows that they like him, but this is just part of the business. Yeah, I, I was really surprised that they gave him the fifth-year option. I thought they'd try to wait it out and see if he could play a full season. My thought is this, and I don't mean to suggest that the organization, that the owner is being altruistic in any way yeah. in coming to this conclusion. Now, maybe Mike McDaniel, who we both really like and respect and has, I believe, a high EQ, not IQ, probably high IQ and high EQ, the emotional quotient or emotional intelligence quotient, whatever they call it. I don't know. Yeah. But it's it's separate from being smart. It's being compassionate, having empathy, sympathy, all the good things that make you a good person and understand what other people are going through. I, I frankly think they picked up the fifth year option because two is going through a lot. He's dealt with a lot. He yeah, dealt with getting I think you're right. yanked around over Deshaun Watson. Right. We heard the stories about how how it affected him. And look at yeah. how he played once the Deshaun Watson trade window closed in 2021. I think all things considered. You think now, that's what it was? They didn't want to have, have the, the year of everybody. They're, are they going to be here and all that? Yeah, sorry. Well, I think that I think that the concern, and it's it's entirely possible there were multiple conflicting motivations. You could have Mike McDaniel saying, we can't do this to this kid. We can't do it. He's, look at what he's given us over the last three years. We can't, we can't have him wondering for all of 2023 whether we want him for 2024. We want to give him that security and that certainty. We need to show him we're behind him. Others in the organization, and this is a more cynical version of it, this is, you know, this guy's going to be no use to us in 2023 if he doesn't know he's fine for 2024. We can't expect him to be, to be even keeled and focused because – 
Look at what a mess he was the year oh, with that Watson's he didn't know whether or not uh, Sean Watson was point. showing up. Good if point. we make him do, yeah. if we make him go into a contract year and right. he doesn't think we're behind him, he'll be a he's, mess. He's not going to be remotely right. as good as he needs right. to be. Right. I, I I can get behind. And that. it could be both attitudes come together. I think that, and they do the. I agree. I I think you could be onto something there. Kind of both of those things together, and then you add on the fact that if we don't give him the fifth year option, it's going to be a constant talking point from the media and everybody, and when's the new contract and all that. So. Yeah, I think we got to the bottom of that. It does. It squashes a lot of that stuff right there. And you're right. It gives Tua some confidence and, okay, wait, you know, they there's no questions. They like me. I don't have to answer some of these tough questions. And you're right. We saw that it, it, it didn't react well with him with the, the Deshaun Watson, you know, trade rumors and everything else that was going on at that time. And their window's still wide open. It may be even more open this year than it was last year. Last year was the first year. This year is year two, and Tua, for the first time ever, has continuity. And Tyler yeah. McKill is still one of the best. And Jalen Waddell is coming into his own, and they've made the defense they better. They got Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, they, and, they, I mean, they they're need, ready. They need, to, they need to hold it all together this year. And I think one of the ways, well, part of the investment for this year is making the commitment for Tua for next year, and then when next year comes, we'll worry about what kind of commitment we're going to make, if any, beyond 2024. All right, and one of the keys, we're, we're getting to it now. Chris talked earlier about the reality that quarterbacks aren't hit a lot until the season starts. That was all part of the explanation that Tua gave yesterday as he goes through jujitsu training aimed at better equipping him with an ability to fall and not strike his helmet against the turf. Here he is. Hey, Tua, uh, what's your current belt ranking in your jiu-jitsu? Still a white belt. I'm still a white belt. I just started. I mean, we used, like, crash pads to, to land on first with trying to fall. Obviously, with tucking your chin, that, that, was, that was one of the, the deals. But it, it went a lot more into the technique of, of how to disperse your energy when you fall. If you have a split second to think, I mean, how, how does that work? Because if you're being sacked, how does that work? Well, I've been falling a lot um, this off season, So I think just like anything else, you continue to train it, you continue to work at that, you know, it becomes second nature. Then you, you know, when, when a situation like that does happen, uh, you know, it's not something new that's presented to you. And for, you know, guys at my position, we we barely get hit, if if that throughout practices, um, throughout the off season, uh, even going into training camp, you know, we don't even get touched, you know, until um, the season starts. So, I mean, you know, with with jujitsu, I've been I've been thrown airborne. I've been <laughs> I've been put in uh, many uncomfortable positions, you know, for for me to learn how to fall and try to. Um, you know, react throughout those those positions that I'm getting uh, thrown around in. This reminds me a lot of conversations we've ha- had in, in years past on getting quarterbacks to slide. Mark Sanchez didn't know how to slide. They brought in a baseball expert to teach him how to slide. Mike Vick didn't know how to slide. He'd dive head first. He wouldn't mm-hmm. slide. I, I hope this works for Tua. And we played the video earlier, the three occasions this year, at least two of them, the Bills game, the Bengals game. If we can roll that as we're talking about this, here's what I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. How is any amount of jujitsu training going to keep this from happening? This shove. When he gets shoved like that, completely legitimate and legal, not roughing the passer, but when he gets that shove, well, that's just his ankle on his back, his Mike. That's not, not his head. Just his I know, but watch, back. watch the shove. Watch the shove there. Yeah, that right. shove. What, what about your jujitsu training is going to keep you in that moment in that split second? Oh, he did get flagged, by the way. But what's going to keep you from hitting the ground? Watch this one here. There isn't a damn thing that he could do about that, and that one was not flagged. He's just being tackled. Now this gets back to: Can you put weight on his body? Can you get him in a position where the physics are not lined up against him? That's really the question. He said he's doing some work on strengthening his neck. Yep. I I, I just don't I, – I hope it works. But it may just be he's not big enough, regardless of whatever extra training you have. And it, 
again, good luck implementing it in real time in the middle of your NFL career. I don't think it's quite as easy as people believe. But even then, how is that going to translate those three instances we just saw? How is that going to keep his head from hitting the turf? I, and and maybe, maybe it will. Maybe it will. That's going to be one of the big questions that hovers over the entire 2023 NFL season and every time the Dolphins play, especially when they play in a standalone primetime. Yeah, it, it, you know, again, it, it's you're right. I mean, you said right. The, the physics aren't against them. This is some. I mean, are, are with them. This is something that, yeah, a smaller guy getting whipped around is definitely more susceptible to, right? We talked about that last year. You never see Mahomes or Josh Allen get tackled like that. That doesn't happen, right? They're just they're too big of humans. But, you know, one – I could say this, and this is probably part of why football players are also ultra confident in a lot of ways. The, the things you can think of and what you learn about yourself and the things you can think and see in a hundredth of a second is those are things you learn about yourself in the NFL or, or you think, see, react, whatever you, you learn and go, Oh my gosh, I, I don't, you know, the next day you'll watch film. And go, I don't even know how I did that coach. I was kind of on the way down about to throw the ball and I saw the guy's eyes look this way. So I threw it that way just at the last second. I don't know how I did it coach. And you can have thoughts like that. Even in the process of wait, I'm about to get hit here. Right. And as I'm getting hit, that in that, oh, wait, I learned, tuck my chin and just go with it instead of fight it. You can have those type of thoughts, and hopefully he can condition himself within the physical nature of it and the mental nature of it to have that thought and protect himself in a way to where you know he doesn't have that whiplash into the ground. We'll see. Like you said, it, you know, we got to all see it, I think, to believe it, but there is an art to falling, and you know, there, there is something to that. I, I think Brady is, you know, a guy that's mastered it. And Tua is someone that's, yeah, got to figure it out here. And we'll see if this jujitsu helps him out a little bit. Well, and Brady's 6'5". I mean, that's what yeah, we've always talked too. about. You right. don't see the large prototypical quarterback hit the ground that way. No. You don't see that happen. You don't see that whiplash. You don't see the head strike against the turf. So maybe this combination of neck exercises and jujitsu will help. And I get the impression that he just he'd like to have more opportunities to practice it in yeah. a setting where right. you know, you're not hitting a a pad. There right. there really is a risk that you're gonna strike your head against something. Can I in that moment tuck my chin? Can I keep my head from hitting the turf? Am I going to process that? Those are all things that just add to his overall mental stress when it's time to go play on top of everything else he has to do. And and that, that's a, a real angle. Chris, you're talking about the things that can be processed in real time. From a team standpoint, you'd rather the guy be focused on finding that guy who's open, who wasn't open and getting rid of the football, not I have to figure out how to properly duck and cover so I don't emerge from this interaction with a defender with a head injury. Yeah. Again, most quarterbacks don't have that issue. But if Tua is going to be successful in the NFL, this is a change he has to make. If he's going to be able to play, he has to do this. If the Dolphins are going to be able to rely on him as their starting quarterback beyond this year, it's just something that has to happen. Yeah, it is. We know that. It's, it's, we've been, you know, we're hopeful for him. The Dolphins are fun to watch with him at quarterback. No doubt about that. And I hope he can make the right adjustments here and, and be healthy and, and play and, you know, enjoy his career and have his family enjoy his career. I certainly, you know, I'm rooting for him in, in that aspect 100 um, percent. But, yeah, that's a big question mark. And you're right. It's one we got to we got to kind of see in action to start to believe it and go, OK, wait, uh, the improvement's real. There's something to it there. You know, and even with those two, he's got to stop fighting it. That's the one thing that I always notice with him. Like, don't fight the fall. Right, that's something I learned from my dad early on playing quarterback. Don't fight the fall; just go with the fall. It does does you no good on the way down to be like, oh, let me like let me just try to fight it and stay up. No, you go, you're getting hit this way. Just let it go and let it fly that way. Right, and I think some of that is a, an issue with him too. Even with the Cincinnati play, he's still fighting it as he's being whipped down. No, at some point you got to have a feel to go. I'm not going to overcome this. I need to just go with this big dude that's throwing me this way and lessen the force on my body. And uh, I think that's you know part of this jujitsu magic that he's talking about. We saw it in action 
in Phoenix. You saw <laughs> yeah. how you had Screw you guys. Screw you guys. With <laughs> I set myself up here. I'm hoping if I say it enough <laughs> oh, times. I thought they already got in your we'll ear and it. set it up. No, we've got to go to break. No. It's been no. a long first segment. Let's get going here. No. <laughs> But the whole idea of going with the fall is why you weren't injured when you were standing on the edge of the stage. Right. And under the weight of your giant what shoe, a filibuster you something are here. broke. Yeah. And you <laughs> fell down onto the ground and you rolled. See? And you almost kicked someone in the head. Whoa. <laughs> but he went with the fall. Yeah, at some point, like right there, I just said, I'm going down, so I got to take it. You just got to go, right? There was a part of me that was like, wait, I'm going to fight this right here. And then I went, oh, no, I'm going down, so I got to go with it. And then you just roll into it. You know? So, hey, Tua, watch that video. Take some notes, right? That might have been right around the time when he he uh, screwed us over and didn't come and do the interview with us. <laughs> so, uh, so I don't know. I'm just having fun either way. <laughs> Pete points out. Pete, Pete points out that I was actually smiling. Yeah, yeah you uh, were. Yeah, you look. You, look at you. Look at a little smirk on your face. Oh, look the big doofus smell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just. I, it all happened. It all happened so fast. I was like, "What's going on?" And if you keep playing the video, you'll see that my main concern was I needed a water. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, he's okay. Yeah, he didn't uh, break his head. Yep. Water. Okay. Fine. Yeah. All right. Where's my water? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> now that it's 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 clipped there. Thankfully, it doesn't show me being completely uncaring and and only worrying about getting a little water. I knew you were fine. Hey, you've been through worse. I have. You couldn't have lost your spleen again. That's right. Can't have to worry about that. Uh, I'm not going to lose that a second time. <laughs> That's right. Let's take a break. More PFT Live right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.